Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, recovered alcoholic. My name is Vinny. And uh, I didn't do 95, 100 miles now to get here tonight, so there's, there's still hope. God's still working on me. You know, it's funny, I stand before you tonight happy, content, spiritually fit, in love with my life, in love with God, in love with this fellowship. And just a few days ago, I, that was not the case. And I'm going to get into that. I, I, I'm going to share some of my experience, you know, in real time. But I, wa- I wanted to talk about something in this chapter chapter one Bill's story, which is, as we go through the big book awakening process, this is our first step, and we go in pretty deep, and we go in pretty thorough, and a lot of us are sick and tired of being sick and tired of being in the first step, because it's so damn long, the way we do it, the way we have an experience with it, turning statements into questions, and just getting raw, and... There's an experience that Bill has in our reading of step one, but he's having a third step experience. And let me just read it. On page 13, it says, There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him. And I love that word, as I then understood him, because I could relate to that. There was a time, March 9th, 2003, where I said those words, I said, God, I don't know who you are, what you are, if you're real, if you're far, if you're near, but I have a problem and I can't solve it, and I need your help. And that was my prayer. And today I'm still sober since that day, and I had nothing to do with it. I didn't pick my sobriety date, it picked me. I didn't choose God. God chose me. Because that word G-O-D was F-U-C-K. It was no different to me. And if you came up to me talking to me about this, you better be at an arm's length because who knows what I was capable of doing. That's how angry I was, and I know people could identify. So when Bill is sharing this, to do with me as he would, I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. A lot of people forget about the care. In my experience, God is a very nurturing and loving and compassionate, right? I like to say creator when I'm talking to people, right? Because that's the creator. Creator of creation, you know, the creator of everything. When I'm intimate and I'm alone and I'm praying and I'm talking out loud, at home, I say, Papa, I'm messed up today. I need your guidance once again. And I humbly offer myself again as I understood him a few days ago. His care and direction does not look like I expect it to be. His care and direction is hurtful sometimes 
And the direction is one hell of a windy, crooked road. And it's not the path that I had laid out for me. And it seems never to be to this day. Then he goes on to say, I admitted for the first time that of myself, I was nothing, that without him, I was lost. And they're all capital H's, right? I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have a new, my new friend, friend, capital F, take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. And that was December 11th, 1934 for him. It was 2003, March 9th for me. And the reason why I picked this, because just a page ago, Bill is saying in the first step that I can't stand this. I don't want nothing to do with this. If you start talking to me about a personal God that I could have a relationship with, you're going to twist me up. And that was me. I identified greatly with that. And just a page later, something happened. A miracle. I know for me, when my desperation gets great and the pain gets great, I meet God head on. Or I pick up and I go out like a... like the devil, if there is such a thing. So, so grateful to Luis to ask me to speak and... I had a crazy week, right? And I found myself in that place a few days ago saying, I'm 20 and a half years sober. What the hell is going on? Why am I in this situation, <laughs> right? And I'm going to tell you something. Now looking back, I love these situations because when something tragic happens or something demoralizing or something just horrific or just hard, right? It brings me to my knees, literally. It brings me to that place to say, you know what? I am crazy, batshit crazy, if I don't trust and believe in my creator. And I don't do with the, just the next indicated step to stay close to that creator, to rely on that creator, to share about that creator, and talk with others about that creator. So, I go to work last week. The boss calls me in the office Monday, last Monday. He said, hey, uh, we found out you dropped a pallet and had some kind of situation. Do you mind to tell us what happened? So I said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't think it was a big deal. It was. I didn't damage anything, thank God, but it was uh, one of those parts at work that's just a chunk of metal. Don't mean nothing. So I figured it rolled off the pallet and the pallet gave out and it hit the, you know, the ground crashing and a buddy of mine helped me put it back together. I got a new pallet, put it back together, put it in this destination, called it a day, told my boss what happened. He said, it's a big deal. We need a, a, a write-up from you explaining exactly in detail what happened. So I went back to my desk. I wrote up, completely honest, transparent. Thank God for that. And uh, 
I didn't hear nothing for a couple days. So then they call me in the office on Wednesday last week, and they say, we're writing you up. You're going on a written warning. And I've never been written up at any job in my life. I've been fired. I've had fist fights. I've been drunk, high, uh, sexually inadequate. I, I, I've done some crazy stuff, but I've never been written up. I'd get fired before I'd get written up. You know, I'm the real alcoholic. So I was mortified. And the reason why I was mortified was what my boss wrote in the letter. He wrote, you mishandled the equipment. You mishandled the pallet. Your bad judgment and lack of following discipline led to this crash. But I didn't tell you the whole story. I dropped two parts in the last eight months. Since January, I dropped two parts. One was definitely my fault. <laughs> One was a, just a complete accident and they didn't hold me responsible for. But then there was this and I didn't say anything because I was no harm, no foul. I'm bringing it to its destination. Nobody was there. Nobody was getting hurt. Nothing to hide. Nothing damaged. All good. Well, it wasn't. So he tends to me, reading this to me, and I got emotional. I mean, my lips were shaking, fingers were twitching, sweating in the AC room. And I looked at him and I said, this is bullshit. I looked at my manager and I said, if you guys are writing me up for not telling you, I am completely wrong and I would accept that. But what you're writing here is a lie and I will, I will not accept that. So I'm not signing anything and I'm not dealing with that. And the boss, my boss got a little defensive. He said some words, I said some words back. The manager's like, whoa, we're not here to argue. We're here to give you this information and you can dispute it with the union if you'd like, blah, blah, blah. I had a moment where I literally said, God help me, God help me right now. And I don't know what that looked like. But what came out of my mouth was, as I was standing up and I said, listen guys, I said, I'm really sorry if I came across crazy. I'm really sorry. I wanna make an apology to you that I won't act like this with any of you guys, but I'm really hurt. There's no excuse. So I hope you can accept my apology. This won't happen again. I'll, you know, I'll go and look at it, and if I have to dispute it, I'll dispute it. Thank you for bringing me the information. I know it was probably hard for you guys to write this and bring this forward to me as well as me to listen to it. I was numb at that point, so I don't even remember saying any of that stuff. But my boss repeated back to me what I said, and he was grateful for it, and he actually sent me an email. But I get back to my desk, and I realize I'm still shaking. Almost fell like that. So... I looked, I looked up the ceiling and I said, I, I can't stay here. It's no, this, is, this is no way to act, there's no way to be at work. And it was still early in the morning. So I emailed my boss, I said, listen, I'm going home, I'm way too emotional to deal with this right now. I said, use my sick time and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow didn't come because I was sick, twisted, uh, spun in my head, couldn't sleep, insomnia, anxiety, panic, you, you name it over this 
And what else did I have left? But to hang out and talk to Papa. You know, I stood up to five o'clock in the morning just talking to Papa and trying to figure things out. And then I realized there was nothing to figure out. I realized I was placed in a position just to be still. So I did that for two more days. But in the meantime, the most important thing I want to share with you guys is I didn't do this on my own. I made phone calls immediately. I talked to my support group. I talked to the people that know me. I talked to the people that cried with me and laughed with me. I met with a good friend on Friday. He listened to me. I talked it all out. Because one of the things we do here is pain shared is pain lessened. No matter how much time you have, no matter what your sobriety is, no matter what condition you're in, no matter if you're the sponsor or you're the sponsee, it doesn't matter. What matters is pain shared is pain lessened. And following the guidance of my newfound friend, my director, my papa, is I got to let this stuff out. I got to get examined clearly. Not call the people that are going to co-sign my shit. Not call the people that are going to say, hey, that's wrong. You should do this and you should do... No, the people should have me look at me. Right? And the best thing my sponsor suggested to me was, you don't write inventory now. You're still feeling. He goes, you don't run to the steps for, to, to run away from your feelings and emotions and pain. That's not what the steps are there for. The steps are there for you to clear the path to God for truth and to move freely into that archway we talk about. So I did just that. I prayed and I meditated and I talked with fellows and my sponsor wasn't ready, he was sick. He wasn't able to be there. So I found a couple other friends, went to a meeting, listened, right? Talked to my wife, I journaled, I prayed, I prayed some more. I meditated, I meditated some more. And then I talked to my sponsor on Sunday for like 45 minutes, we cried, we laughed, we looked at everything. And the whole moral of the story is bumps are going to come. You know, life on life's terms will not stop no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much sobriety you have. It, that don't mean nothing. It doesn't. It's how you deal with the situation. And you know what the beautiful thing is that I'm looking back at it now? My wife didn't kick me out of the house. Nobody was going to the ambulance on a stretcher for my anger. I didn't hit anybody. Nobody got hit. I didn't get fired. I didn't lose my job. And I didn't lose my shit externally. But one more thing that happened. I started to see that the spiritual malady is alive and living. Spiritual malady has to be fed, drunk or sober. Spiritual malady has to be fed long-term sobriety, short-term sobriety. It don't matter. What am I feeding the spiritual malady? Am I feeding it God and all God? Or do I have a third alternative? Do I have something that I sneak around and to escape reality? Is this something I do? Maybe, perhaps, spiritual bypassing is using the steps to get away from my feelings, thoughts, and actions. I never thought that would be an issue. So, I did all this stuff Next indicated step, not woes me, not praise me. Thank God for the people around me. Really. Thank God for the, 
the purpose and direction of this work, of this book. The directions. What does it look like to do a third step? Well, I humbly offer myself to God as I then understood him. To do with me as he would, not as I would. I had a completely different plan for this, guys. And I will not even tease you and tickle your brain to tell you to. Because it was not pretty. So, what happens? <laughs> I had all this stress, right? All this anxiety. And I got to say, things shifted on Friday when I spoke to my good friend. They shifted a little bit more when I was at the meeting. But when I went home Friday night, I still didn't sleep. So I had to call my doctor, right? So if you have doctors and we make use of them, the big book tells us to do that. If you have a psychiatrist or you have a therapist, you know, if you have to get medication or whatever that looks like, do that. Hopefully it's non-narcotic and if it is, and hopefully it's guarded and guided by the sponsor and your doctor at the same time and your wife or whoever's in your house. With that being said, all the directions that were needed, I had to take and it was very humbling. You know, when Bill says, I humbly offer myself, I understand those words humble because they don't feel good. Somebody to, <laughs> I'm the last one to know I'm humble, right? And when the act of humbleness happens, it don't feel good, guys. I'm not saying all the time. But when I have to do something for me and the betterment of the people around me, it doesn't feel good because I'm usually the last person I take care of, Right? So I made the phone calls, made a doctor's appointment, got the doctor's notes so my, you know, I wouldn't get in trouble for not going to work. My boss understood. He was cool. We talked this morning. It was a nice conversation. We even talked on Friday. It was a nice conversation. I get to work today, and it was quiet and peaceful. <laughs> but it wasn't. You know what I mean? Nothing could have affected me. Because I was led and powered by something that I just tap into. The book's really clear. It tells us it's deep down within us. And in the last analysis, that's where he found, right? Which is exciting news for people like us. Because I was looking everywhere else. Sometimes even the people that I talk to. So I get to this place. And my wife looks at me last night. She's like... How you doing? I said, good. She goes, yeah. I figured that. You want to maybe tell me what happened? <laughs> it's a funny joke because when you talk to somebody that's non-alcoholic, they don't understand the where, where the places we take ourselves <laughs> mentally. Okay? They don't get that. And uh, she's like, Really? <laughs> Vin, why? <laughs> and we just started laughing. And this was last night. And I slept like a baby. Woke up early. Went to work. Smiled on the way to work. Smiled on the way home. Smiled at work. And I was just quiet. And one guy came up to me, my team lead, and goes, hey, you okay? Everything all right? And I looked at him. And I literally had a tear come out my eye because that was compassion that I was being shown 
in the torment and the beating myself up for the few days before. And it was a gift. And I got that gift from a friend on Friday, and I got that from a gift on Saturday from a friend, and another on Sunday. And my wife threw out it all. And I cried. And he's like, you all right? And I said, I I'm mourning all right. And he's like, oh, okay. I just want to make sure you're okay. He goes, you don't have to tell me the details. I says, it's God. It's God. That's what happened. I'm going to share this last thing. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. And the only reason I'm going to share this is because I just read it, right? So if, if, if you're in the circle and triangle, you're always checking yourself where you're at. So I work with a, a brand new guy on Mondays, which is really exciting. We do Zoom. He lives in Florida. He's from New York. I'm from New York. We're both in the warm climate. I was making fun of his climate because he's going through a hurricane right now. So we had a great conversation. We're in the first step. We're in the beginning. And uh, I shared with him the preface. He's never heard this before. He's been in AA for a while. So it's the second paragraph of the preface. Because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery, there exists a strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Therefore, the first portion of this volume describing the AA recovery program has been left largely untouched. And the reason why I read this to him with enthusiasm is because this is the only place you'll find that it says this is the program right here. Because I, I go to meetings sometimes and I hear people say, I'm in the program. I say, oh, what step are you on? Oh, I'm not doing the steps. <laughs> you're not in the program, pal. <laughs> I love you, but you're not in the program. You're in the fellowship. So he was blown away by this and he was excited. And he said, last week, he's like, I went to my, my treatment center and I shared it with everybody. And they were all like going crazy, right? It was exciting for him. And I love that. If I am a real addict or alcoholic, and I need help, and I come in the doors of this room, specifically BBA meeting, and I'm not doing the steps, I'm fucking insane. That's how blatant I want to be about it. Because we want something to offer you guys, and that is love, compassion, through a wild ride. And you get more love and compassion. This was a three-day stint for me, it used to be six months, nine months, and years. And a lot of blood shed. A lot of hospital visits and a lot of arrests. And it doesn't have to be that way. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Tom Alcohol. Really, thank you so much Hello, for your honesty and, and from the heart. So. I find myself saying the third step prayer quite often, quite often, and the seventh step prayer. I like them both a lot. And I think I fit in both of them, right? Because God works on us 724. You know, it just seems like anything I want just shows up in my life, right? I don't even have to ask for it. I just you know, I think that'd be cool. And it shows up in my life. I, I don't get that. I just say thank you. But what Benny was talking about, the third step, 
That's, that's where it is, right? To really offer yourself to God, to say the third step prayer or the seventh step prayer and mean it. And that's coming from my heart, right? So I had a similar situation, right? It just it fell apart. And so I go to a psychiatrist up to VA, right? And uh, I was largely over it by that time, right? And uh, he says, "Yeah, our teacher. You know, we don't like our teachers very often, right?" So what had happened? I would I, I prayed to be really generous, right? To be able to give without expecting anything back, right? And I do that occasionally, right? But more often, it's what can I get out of, right? That's the first, that's the alcoholic, right? That's the alcoholic. And then the second is to pray, right? Bring God into it and, and let him deal with it. And uh, I tell you, these steps are not about the good times. These steps are more in lines to keep us from, from getting adrift when the storm hits. Because it's going to hit. Right? The end of this is the same for all of us. And my goal in all of this is to be able to gracefully leave this life. Leave it with joy. Right? Going home that's different than dying, isn't it? That's a lot different. And when I got here, I, I was scared to death. And I did that fear inventory. And what I was afraid of was there wasn't going to be any God there to catch me. And I still don't know. I don't know if there's a God or not. I don't know. And it's all right. It's all right, because it's perfect just like it is. Somehow, this is all perfect. I don't get it, but it is. And what a blessing, right? What a blessing our life is. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I used to struggle with this, right? And I've come to the belief that God wakes me up, and I go out in the yard, and we talk, right? Or just hang out. If you can become God conscious, right? If you can put God, your attention, on God all the time, give the world what it asks, right? But your employer now is different, right? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tom. Sal alcoholic, also known as Sal Squash, because Mary's going to get up here. <laughs> uh, Vinny, nice to see you, uh, as usual, and thank you for the lead. Uh, it's funny because Jason and I were, were talking about this. I'm in finishing up step three, and uh, I have a major fear, so I had to do my fear. I haven't done inventories yet, but I'm learning about it but I have a major fear of flying. Um, playing uh, college sports, I flew a lot and I told Jason, I said, look, I was either stoned and when I got on the plane, I got drunk. So this is my first time 
flying with nothing. And uh, I was flying up north to, to watch my son play football, which uh, was great. And he loved the fact that I was there. My wife and I were, were there for him. And uh, I just prayed on it. He told, I told Jason weeks in advance. He's like, just give it to God. And uh, started doing the, the third step prayer, reading 84 through 86, or 88, I'm sorry. And uh, just going through all the, the readings and just meditating and praying. And, you know, I felt it coming over me, but Friday morning hit and I'm, my hands are all sweaty. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna back out, ask my other son if he wants to go instead of me. And uh, I just did it. And I prayed, meditated before, and I just kept on focusing on what we were reading was the third step and giving it all to God. And everything's internal. Our fear, our self-delusionment, it's all internal, it's all inside. And so I just focused on that. And once we got on the plane, I just sat there, I told my wife, I want the window seat. I sat there and we, I always loved the takeoffs, but I hated the rest of it. The takeoffs were pretty cool because you feel that power and then you just go back in your seat and taking off. And then the rest of it, I'm going shit, shit crazy. I just, you know, but this time was, was weird. I'm sitting there and I'm telling my wife everything I know about flying from my past experiences. And, uh, she just looked over at me and she's like, you're doing it right now. I'm all, what? She's like, you don't have any issues. I'm like, looking out the window and I'm seeing the LA Harbor down below and I'm like looking out and I just took a deep breath in and I exhaled and I looked out the window and I had a big old smile on my face. I'm like everything that I did to pregame, which pregame before was getting stoned and drunk, but I pregamed in prayer and meditation and that pregame helped me and I Flew over there, my son's in the back of the plane with his teammates, and at the end, when we landed in San Jose, he just came up to me, he's all, how was it, Dad? Well, it's cool, where are we flying to next? And he was like, well, I'm only going to be 18, but we can go to Vegas. So I was like, all right. I got family in Sicily, we're going to fly over to Sicily. And I'm like, when they build a bridge from New York to Italy, I'll go ahead and drive and meet you guys there. <laughs> now I'm considering flying there. but little steps but I just with with what you were saying Vinny about taking it to God and having him give you the peace that you need and in, in, in every your every day and what you're doing that really uh, helped me and by just giving it to God you know if this is my last flight my last day on earth so be it you're with me you're by my side and uh, prayer that I always say every day after I do my meditation and read the, the book and is a uh, walk with me and it's it's hand in hand arm in arm step by step you know and he's walking with me right now and i'm ready to move on from step three and on to step four and look forward to what else is to come so my name's sal i'm an alcoholic thank you mary alcoholic mary. Sober by the grace of God and the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, 
I love the third step prayer. The third step prayer got me through so a really difficult time, Vinny. You, um, you know, you were telling my story up here. And, uh, you know, I was shaken as you were telling it. It was as if it was yesterday. So, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. So, you know, this is it. You know, um, yeah, I was uh, terminated uh, about two months ago. It's going to be two months. And um, I did the same thing. It's crazy. I got up and I said, no. And I didn't do any of these things. And I, I walked out. So I'm not signing anything. So, um, you know, I, I guess I reacted exactly how God would have wanted me to react, you know. Um, and uh, when I got home, it was very difficult because I was walked out. I worked for the Department of Labor. And um, uh, when I got home, um, I immediately, you know, started calling people. And I went to meetings. Um, went to a lot of meetings because I didn't feel like drinking. And it's funny how when you said that, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't know how you put it, but I know that the door is open sometimes very enough. You know, it might have not been the drink, but, you know, it was something else that, um, you know, I just thought about why am I here, you know. And that was the first time in a long time I thought about taking myself out and um, for a job. So I didn't get it. But uh, so I had to write a letter. And then it triggered some things. So yes, you are so right. You know, doctor's care, psychiatric care, whatever it takes, you know, we just do whatever it takes. And uh, we have the herd. Um, you know, the group, uh, yeah, um, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, the people in it, you know, they saved my life. So I immediately got into action, um, started a workshop, picked up three new sponsees. Um, yeah, I got out of self big time, you know, and um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that I'm older and it's like, okay, you know, I, my plan was to be there until I retired, but God's plan is something different. And, you know, I can see it unfolding. I really can. And um, you know, I'm really grateful to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Because um, if I didn't have the tools that I have, and uh, if I didn't have um, a God, you know, today that uh, he loves me, and I'm um, his child, you know, and I had to do that. I did that inventory, and I looked to see where was my part in all this, you know. I had to look at that really hard, and... Um, you know, and it's talking with my sponsor, gosh, you know, she, uh, she was in HR and she's a psychologist as well, which is crazy. Um, yeah, she, uh, she said, don't do that. She said the same thing, just don't do that. And uh, she pointed some things out. So, 
you know, in sobriety, you're going to go through some stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, it's just to get me to a better place. That's how I look at it. You know, it's going to just get me to a better place. Whatever that is, you know, I need to be excited and act as if, you know, um, I'm already there, you know. So um, really, thank you. Thank you for your share today. And with that, I'll take another 24. Thanks. My name's Jason. I'm a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. Thank you, brother. Love you. So good to see you, man. Um, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, first things first, right, for me. So there are times, yes, I walk through situations with God, struggles, all these things going on in my life. But you know what's the most important thing for me is that I'm able to do that sober today. That is the most important thing for me because when I bypass that, and I start to get all twisted up in how spiritual I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to be feeling and how I'm supposed to react and all of these things, um, sometimes it gets worse. That's just the truth, right? So it's very, very important for me to remember the gift, the beauty in being able to be sober through that kind of stuff. Like that, that's huge. That, that to me is the change that has occurred in my life because without that, nothing else happens. That's part of me getting my will in line with God's will. See, I believe I'm not like taking my will back or any of that baloney. I, what I'm doing is I'm going back to where I'm supposed to be. I was created in the image of God. My will is God's. Everything else is my ego and myself, right? And so when I look at it that way, it doesn't seem so difficult to want to get to that place. Another thing I was thinking of as you guys were talking, um, I used to be in the delusion that there's a part in the book that talks about ease and comfort, right? And it says that unless they find the ease and comfort, then they're going to fail, right? Well, and so in my mind, here's the thought process. It used to be delusional. Now, and this is just my experience. That I got to go and find the same ease and comfort in God that I got when I got high and I took a drink and I took a pill. There ain't no way that's happening, dude, for me, okay? This is the truth because, okay, Sal, you're on an airplane, right? You never used to be able to do it. That, to me, is the ease and comfort in God. Does that compare to being high or drunk? In my mind, no. I love the effects produced by alcohol and drugs. I do. That's just, that's me. I'm an alcoholic and drug addict, right? So if I'm searching for this same effect from God, I'm in trouble. That's just, this is my experience. Vinny with the whole job situation, right? Did that sound comfortable and easy? No, but in my mind, as I listen, that is the ease and comfort that you found through this process and this program to remain sober, right? Because now, through utilizing this process, I've found a way to go back to where I'm supposed to be. That's the way that I like to look at it. To understand that all of these fears and these worries and these doubts in my life is all created by me and my ego and myself. And this process is designed to bring me back. I'm not blocked, I've never been blocked, I've been separated. I've been separated from this power in my life. It's always been there. So, ease and comfort in my life, 
It's not always easy and it's not always comfortable, but it's the power of God in my life and it's beautiful and it's a change. And the most important thing is that I can walk through these things sober. And those are real experiences because I've never, ever been able to do that. Never, never. Since I was 11 years old, man, until I walked in these doors five years ago. And even that's been a struggle until the last year. And it's still struggle today at times. And that's just the honest truth. But that's a long time of getting loaded. Every day, all day. So, humbly offering myself to God is happening here one day at a time. It's not easy, but it does give me ease and comfort at times. And I get to do things that I never thought I could do sober. And that's enough for me. It's beautiful. It's, it's really cool. Like stand up here and talk to you guys. Drive down here from Alpine after working in the hot sun all day. Like, why would I ever want to do that? It's not easy. And sometimes it's not comfortable, but it feels comfortable right now. So there's the power of God working in my life. So thanks for letting me share. What do you do? My name is Oliver. I'm an alcoholic. Oliver. And Vinny, my brother, man, that was so, I mean, fuck. That was so dead on, you know? And, uh, and it was so dead on because sobriety, it ain't easy, man. And I needed to hear that today. And I needed to hear that today because I've been in a really, really good place for a very long time. I do feel good as when I'm high, when I'm spiritually fit. I mean, it's just feeling that I just experienced in sobriety when you help people, we were in the, living in the circle in the triangle. But last week, man, was such a difficult week for me, man. It was such a difficult week for me. And, uh, and I didn't do what you did. I didn't call anybody. I just stayed home and I said, man, I have to. I mean, what's wrong with me? You know, because it's a deal that I've been dealing with forever, man, for years and years and years and years. And it has to do with work, you know, and wealth. And, and the thing is that, you know, the third step, there's one thing, this, this year I, I did another workshop, you know, and I have done a lot of those. And this year, for some reason, I always do the third step in one way, and this year I did it another way. And I did it another way, I don't know why, it just, just happened. And there's a word there that you mentioned, it's in the care of God. And that's when I have sometimes a big problem with God. Because once I gave it away to God, my life, it's not mine any longer, right? <laughs> and it's a very humbling feeling to accept that, to truly live in that, and truly be grateful for whatever it is there is in my life. Although last week I wasn't grateful at all, man. I was actually, well, I quit smoking 30 days ago, so maybe that has something to do with it. But, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but, but I mean, I, I was, I, I was, <laughs> thank you. I, I was literally, literally, literally going crazy, like you just said for a very stupid thing, you know, I mean, after everything we have gone through, I mean, I don't, I have never heard your, your bottom, but I mean, after everything we have gone through for, for your story that, to get you that bad for what happened, I felt really good, because that happens to me too. And, uh, and it's really hard to find God in that moment. That's all I can say. You know, the third step says, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're feeling like you're going crazy, man, when you can't sleep, when your mind is just playing games on you, man, it's fucking hard to, to say, God, here, take it, please. It's like, go and fuck yourself. Where are you when I need you, man? And that's how I felt last week. 
but it's so comforting to, to, to hear you, you know. I mean, you talked about doctors and you talked about uh, sponsors and friends and, I mean, being sober. Sometimes I forget what Jason said. Sometimes I forget because I, I haven't had the desire to use for a long time. This week wasn't like that, man. This week I really wanted to get shit-faced, you know, because it's the same thing recurring over and over and over and over again over my life. And I just got tired. I said, what's the use of all this quad shit and working with all these people and going to meetings? I mean, I was, I was really in a bad spot. And I really thought about, man, fuck it, why not use, man? I mean, this, enough is enough, man. I mean, I just want to check out. And the good thing is that I can tell you guys these things right now, you know, that, that, and, and to hear another alcoholic with more time than me that struggles the same way that I do, that's, I think that's the magic of these meetings, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, my life, I have, I have understand one thing with my mind, sometimes it's really hard to understand it with my soul, with my heart, is that my unhappiness, my suffering has everything to do with the measure of acceptance that I have for the will of God. Is directly related. I used to talk to Jose a lot, all of you know Jose, and I used to tell him, listen man, the thing that I want the most is I just want God to come down for a little bit and tell me what, I mean, what should, what should I do, man, to feel better? I mean, just, just give me some relief. Um, and he just laughed at me and says, all of the things that the will of God is all over your life every day, the things that you just don't like it. What's happening in your life, you just don't like it. You have this amount of money, you want more money. You have this girlfriend, you want another one. You have a beautiful house, you want to have another one, you know. And until you don't, you don't come to terms with that, and you start loving the man that looks back at you in the mirror, it's going to be really hard for you to know the will of God. And that's so true for me, you know, because last, last week was everything, it was, it was all about not accepting what was happening, you know. So, the more sobriety I get, the, the, the more time that I get, the more I work the steps, the more I live my life, the more I realize how sick I am and how delicate this is and how much compassion I have to have for myself and truly, truly rely on God. Because every time I try to, to complain about it, and nothing is happening, man. The birds are singing. The, 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 the trees are in the same place. The sun keeps on rising, but my mind and my life goes to shit. And this time around, I didn't call anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. I mean, finally, yesterday, my girlfriend, I mean, we got into an argument. And I said, why don't you tell me what's wrong with you? And I said, baby, because if I tell you, you're going to get scared. You just don't get it. And then I tell her, and she goes like, fuck. Just like your wife. Like, all that, really? And I said, yeah. Oh, that really. Thank you. Okay. Luis, alcoholic. Vinny, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being so open and transparent of how your week was and, um, and how you're looking towards God. Yeah. Um, there's two parts that I want to share. God will let his people go hungry so he can feed them. And what that means is part of like the faith that I've learned to have is a childlike faith, which means I have to turn to him and trust him and depend on him. And so 
which is why when we get out of our comfort zone, it, it hurts. It's the only way we're going to grow. We have to go through that pain line. And on the other side, um, on the other side, it's God's will for us. And so on page 62, it says, um, this is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that here and after in this drama of life, which is letting me know there's going to, as Vinny has pointed out, there's going to continue to be drama in my life. God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children, which is why I was talking about this childlike faith. Um, so I have a new employer, right? What that looks like for me right now is like, as all I was pointing out, we're in a workshop and I was scheduling all the fifth steps for the people who are still in my group. And when I got to this one person, I couldn't put a date for this person. And this is the first time where like, in essence, it was like, I felt the spirit was telling me, you can't go into a fifth step with them. And uh, I prayed on it, I prayed on it. And I, and I finally understood and I had to let them know, I will not be hearing your fifth step. You should go back to whoever's been helping you with your inventory. I'll get out of the way and they will be better suited. And naturally they didn't like that. And, but they had some time to reflect and they left me a message saying, I've been dishonest, I've been manipulating, and I haven't been doing my homework. And in hearing that, I understood. They're nowhere near a fourth step. <laughs> Dishonesty honesty is our first step. Right? And I have to come to believe. Right? And in that third step, so I understood. And now I'm, like, I'm not the person and I can't go there with them. But part of when I got here, confrontation? Yeah. Having to say no to someone or having to go, that was really hard. But as we continue to be in this program and we, and we grow spiritually, we mature spiritually, we know that the best thing I can do is just be honest with them and direct. And um, so, you know, I went, she left me a message and I was able to just say, hey, you know, um, Thank you for your thank you for your honesty, but I you know I will not be you know uh, listening to your fifth step. And there's always that point which is like because I want to help everyone, but I realize I can't help everyone. And you want to know like am I still in the game? Because like I still want I want God to use me, right? And there's always that doubt like am I is God still going to use me? And here's what I can say, which is. Immediately, again, my employer, he's my employer. Immediately, I got a call from someone saying, hey, there's someone who wants to start a new meeting in Pennsylvania, and I want to connect them with you, right? Uh, another person says, the day before we were in their fifth step, and I was praying, and I shared with her. It's like, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this part, what I've been praying for you, but since you shared this, now I'm going to share what I've been praying the next, and I was able to point her some scriptures, the next day she calls and leaves me a message saying, I felt something move, I called my doctor, what they couldn't find for months, I've been now, uh, they're able to diagnose, 
I'm going to get 30 days off from work so I can get treatment. And I was like, wow. And the third person, the third thing was someone invited me to baptize their son with them. You know, and that right there is like for me, Jose told me that's, well, I'm not going to, it's just a, a big deal for me, a big honor, you know. And so sometimes we have to say no to people in sobriety, in recovery. And when we do that, God will have other stuff for us, which is pretty cool. So thank you for letting me share. Octavio Alcoholic. All right, so we got the month of August, right? This is how we do it. Um, we collect all the celebrations for August. Um, does, did anybody get 30 days during the month of August? 30 days? So, I'm Steve, I'm an alcoholic. Well, when I first came in, I was the FNG guy, but I only had one day. So at 30 days, I thought, wow, now I'm the FNG 30-day guy. Uh, but there's other one guys behind me, so that was pretty good. Um, I knew I'd had a problem for many years. Uh, my wife uh, and I had many heated arguments because she told me I was turning into an alcoholic, and I'd tell her, if she keep calling me that, I'm going to leave. So she quit calling me that because she likes being married to me, and she didn't want me to leave. Uh, but um, honestly, I was lying to myself. This 30 days, um, a lot of self-reflection. Uh, my higher power, I've always believed in God. I was baptized in a church. I've gone to church forever. Um, but I used to always say, well, I, I got to keep straight till next week, or I got to keep straight till my birthday coming up in a month. And that was just too long. After a couple of days, I would give in and I would go ahead and start drinking again. Uh, what led me here, Debbie uh, and I belong to another men's group. Uh, and I know his struggles with AA. We were both come from a, a law enforcement background. Uh, in law enforcement, you do two things. You work and you drink. Uh, typically, you drink after you work. Uh, typically, you have parties that start as soon as you get off shift, and they usually, in my case, I work nights. Uh, you quit drinking when the sun comes up because you eventually have to go to bed so you can go to work the next day. So that started a long time ago. Then I transferred to the fire department. I spent uh, 22 years in the fire department. My last 15 years, I worked on an island. And uh, we had a boss from hell. And me and the other firemen agreed that we were going to have a, a drink if we made it through seven days without killing my captain. And so every week at the end of the seven days, I would smuggle out a small container of rum. Uh, the cops that check your bags, uh, dark rum looks like uh, grape uh, uh, Gatorade. So we would go ahead and have rum and cokes in the bedroom at 10 o'clock at night because in 15 years we never got a call on the last night we were there before we flew home. So we knew it was pretty safe to drink that night. And we'd pat each other on the back like, oh, I made it another week without killing that guy. So um, 15 years. So anyhow, here I am. I'm doing my thing. I think I can slow down. I drank non-alcoholic beer for about four weeks. Uh, but, but there was no buzz to it. Yeah, I mean, it tasted good, but there was just no buzz. So then I'd have a non-alcoholic with an alcohol, and I'd pour them in the same cup, figuring I was doing something good. Um, then I went to the desert. I like to go to the desert. Went to the desert, and I brought uh, three six-packs for three days, figuring that would last me for three days. But I ran out of the three six-packs just a little over a day. So I went out to 7-Eleven and bought four more six-packs. So I managed to have seven six-packs of beer in just under two days, and I took a shower and came home. And the next day I decided it was time to look for an alternative plan, which is what I'm doing now. 
I hate bending over, sorry about that. Uh, so what has helped me do this? Uh, I don't wanna disappoint my wife and I don't wanna disappoint myself. I've told all my family, all my friends, the only two I haven't called, I haven't told my fire department I work at now. I work on a different fire department. I have a really great boss, not a crappy boss. But I am telling them because I really don't want them to know I'm an alcoholic. But everybody else knows and they all pat me on the back, shake my hand, tell me, God, you got a lot of courage. I don't want to let any of these people down. But ultimately, I don't want to have to explain to God why I couldn't not go another 24 hours. And God, I'm going to be the FNG guy with one day in, to heck with that. So that's what's gotten me by is I don't want to disappoint anybody. I take it day by day. I've got the book now. I just read the doctor's opinion, which I've read about three times. I identified with almost every page. My wife nodded her head up and down. She now she can call me an alcoholic and I won't divorce her. So um, it's working good. I'm glad I came here to this meeting because he's been talking about East Lake for a while. Anyhow, that's my story. Amen. All right, anybody with 60 days, 90 days? Uh, one year, uh, two years, three years, any celebrations in August? I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Anybody else celebrating? We're good? All right. Oh, we're all celebrating. All right, cool. And here's some donuts for later, so thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.